0: <clears> Thank <throat>
1: this morning, turn to Second Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, this is the second letter that Paul wrote to the church at Corinth, and they were, they were having problems, I guess that's the best way to look at it, bless their hearts, uh, they had all kinds of things, they were even doubting Paul, doubting everything, you ever notice a lot of times when problems come, how we tend to doubt, uh, you know, and we try to find comfort and peace different ways how many of you uh like to? if you got big problems come on just grab a big bowl of ice cream and isn't that a great way to, to handle peace you know they got big old bowl of ice cream just start setting i found out something though you do that too much Bad things happen. You can't fit in your clothes and your stomach gets upset. So you got to be careful how you handle problems. Everybody's got different ways we cope with stress and different ways we cope with heartaches and problems. And, and I tell you, the time we live in, it, it's, it's just been one thing after the other. Many of you have just things just piled on your plate. You get through with something and something else happens. And it's like, you know, left, right, you know, how can I stand? And we start to doubt. We start to just lose, lose hope. And it happens easily, and, and I, I thought about that this week. I, I was at work, you know. It's been a—I tell you—I think from January the fourth when I went back to work till now, it's just been one long Monday. Just time and time again, it just seemed just pile things on, and I'm like, Lord, I I I, I need to figure out a way to get comfort. And this is what's strange. God's laid a a a a a. a, a verses on my heart, and i 've be going back to the story of the ten leopards. You said, well, we're not even near that. We're in Corinthians. And every time I start reading about it and start studying, God takes me somewhere else. I'm like, oh, Lord, what am I to learn here? And I don't understand it. And, and I, I'm thinking this is about the eighth or ninth time I've tried to get a message together. I said, well, maybe I'm going through all ten leopards before I get there. And, and so I thought about that. I said, "Well, Lord, what do you want me to see today? And he reminded me, he said, you know, the only true way to find comfort Comfort. And I want to share that with you. As Paul's writing to the church of Corinth, we're going to read from verses 3 to 10. Paul said this. He says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comfort us in our tribulation, that we be able to comfort them which are in any troubles by the comfort where are, wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, and so our consolation aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual to the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that you are partakers of the sufferings, and so shall ye be also consolation for we would not brethren have you be ignorant of our troubles, which came to us in Asia that we were pressed out of measure above strength. Then so much we despaired even of life, but we had the sentence of death ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raised from the dead who delivered us, from so great a death, and to deliver us, and whom we trust that he will yet deliver us. Paul's telling me, he says, we've been through a lot, but yet God's there for us. The only way we made it through is because of God. He said, I, I read this. I said, he even got to the point that he was ready to give up and die, and he realized God's right there. So much in this message he's telling us because he he's telling us how how we can actually if you read this these few verses he's he, he kind of gives us an idea of how we can you know lay aside or put aside the problems that we're facing, and it's hard to see sometimes because those problems are great, but if we look at it, we realize that one of the first is we can overcome these problems through strength and psalms thirty one twenty four says be of good courage." And he shall strengthen your heart, all ye that hope in the Lord. Be of good courage, he said. He wrote there, and, and, and he shall strengthen your heart. You know, the strength ought to be there not because of who you are or what you're trying to do, but who he is. Because listen to what it said. It said, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. You know, I, I think sometimes we, we forget who he is and what he's promised. And, you know, he told us in Deuteronomy 31.6, he said, be strong and of good courage and fear not. Be not afraid of them. For thy Lord, thy God, he is it that doth go with thee and he shall not fail thee nor forsake thee. God says, I'm always with you. No matter how big that problem is, your strength doesn't come from what you do. It comes from me. It's that same strength that, that Paul was able to write about in Philippians chapter four, verse 13, which we all know, which says, I can do all things. But we got to tell you, I can do all things, and we'll say, through Christ, which strengthened me. You can't do nothing without him. Amen. He's the one that strengthens it. It's that same God who resides in you. And so many times we forget, we keep staring at the problem. We keep staring at the the issue that's happening. And we need to, to do as the Bible tells us, to lift up our eyes. How many of you have ever had a problem and it keeps coming back and you keep staring at it over and over and over? It's like it's always there. We need to change our focus. Quit staring at it. Start staring at the right thing. The psalmist said in Psalms 121, verse 1 through 12, listen to this. He says, I will lift my eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord, which made the heavens and the earth. He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He he that keepeth thee will not slumber. Do you hear that? God don't fall asleep. He stays right there with us. We ought to start looking at him and said, we're too busy focusing on that little, little problem. You ever imagine when God was looking down at David and Goliath and he goes, don't worry about it. He might seem big to you, but he ain't nothing to me. Mm -hmm. He just did a big old thing. But Lord, he's nine foot tall. Lord, that problem's huge. God says, I got you. Focus on me. Lift your eyes up. Start looking at me. Stop looking down. So, we do it with strength, and that strength's not what you have. You ever thought about that? You can do all kinds of things, but your strength doesn't come from you, it comes from God. Right. And it's there, so, and not only do we have to have strength to do it, but we have to have obedience. That's a word a lot of people don't like to hear anymore. <laughs> obedience. We need to obey God, not your appetites. You can tell I, I, I obey my appetite a lot. Somebody asked me one day, do you like so I I, said, You ain't got to like ask me what I like, because there's very little that I don't like. We need to obey God. Listen to what Paul said to the church in 1 Corinthians. They forgot this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24 through 27. He says, Know ye not that they which run the race run all, but one receiveth the prize? So run that you might obtain. And every man that striveth for mastery is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. I therefore so run, not uncertainly, so I fight, uh, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep my body and bring it under into subjection, least by any means When I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Basically, Paul said, I control my appetites. I keep things in check. He says, I don't allow the flesh to rule. You know, those appetites are those things that we need to bring under subjection or the passions we have within our flesh. How many of you got things that you just love to have? Let let, let me think of something I love, bacon. You know, that one thing I I like. You know, my doctor says I don't need to eat it. I wanna show you something. I wore socks, it's got bacon on it this morning. (laughs) So I think, do I bring the things that my flesh desires under subjection or do I allow them to rule me? See, if we allow those to rule us, if we allow the things of the flesh to tell us what to do, we're not being obedient to God, and that's where we fail so many times. Do you think the the you 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 allow these things just a little bit? Satan uses them he knows every one of you, he knows every one of us, and he says, "I know what I can do to bring you down. It don't take much, but you think that same kind of ideas that same little Bit of obedience that God can use, that He can launch a powerful ministry in your life when you are obedient to Him. How many of us listen to Him enough that we do what He says? I mean, we hear it all the time, but are we obedient to the Word? Are we obedient to what He's prompting us to do? Uh, uh, we, we, we come up with all kinds of excuses. You know, obedience to God demands two things. It, may, it demands courage to say no to self. No to the appetites. No to the lust of the flesh. No to what's easy. It also demands saying yes to picking up your cross. And plotting and carrying on and endurance to God, to his call, to that what's He you're going through. Do you hear what Paul said? He realized that some of the things he was suffering was not just for himself, it was for others to see. See, only by yielding to your cross that Christ has told you to pick up and carry can you truly obey God and not the appetites in your life. Are you obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit? You know, it, it, it it, we need to realize the Holy Spirit's there and we need to follow him with humble obedience. And you think it's possible to suppress the work of the Holy Spirit. Paul said in 1 Thessalonians five nineteen, he says, quench not the Holy Spirit. So there's times that we're not obedient, we're quenching the Holy Spirit. And it, it, we need to, to depend on the Holy Spirit to lead us, to guide us. I mean, how many of us pray about everything? Most time we don't pray until there's a problem. You know, we need to be obedient and we'll truly be what God wants us as his children. In Romans 8 14 it says, For as many are led by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. Did you hear what it says? As many are led by the son, by the Spirit of God, they are called the sons of God. Are we being led by Him? Or is it like, like a lot of times how many of y'all remember before cell phones came out and, and you went somewhere and you had to pull out a map? We used to have one of those Randy Atlas books of all kinds of Those things were good until you went to someplace like Atlanta that's constantly changing the roads. And you're like, this is not right. And, and most of the times I'd be driving down the road and when me and Julie got married, she couldn't read a map to save her life. And she finally could. And of course, then we got we got them on our phones and don't need it no more, but she finally learned to read a map. But I remember when we first started, we'd be going down the road and, and I'd be saying, okay, where do we turn? She says, it's up here. It's on up. There it goes. <laughs> I should have prompted the right spirit, amen? Sometimes we follow the wrong thing what most of us need to do sometimes is just to stop. And listen to what the Holy Spirit's telling us. How I many of you have ever been in service and the Holy Spirit's prompting you to do something? So well, I'll do it at the end. You know, some of us need to stop. We need to pray right now. We need to pray a prayer like this. You need to pray. So dear God, I desire to walk in obedience to you. Amen. I confess that I often rely on myself. And on you know, my own resources. I'm not being obedient. Help me to follow you more. To put aside the lust of the flesh. To put aside the problems. And follow you and you alone. Amen. Some of us need to pray that. We wait. We say, well, I'll do it. I'll do it later. How many times have you said, I'd do that. And then when later came, there were other things on your mind. So we need to follow him with strength. We need to follow him with obedience. We get that courage. We get it with understanding. Like I said earlier, sometimes we need to understand that the only comfort you're going to find is getting closer to the Lord. Listen to these verses in Habakkuk. Chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. It says, although the fig tree shall not blossom, neither shall fruit be in the vine, the labor of the olives shall fail. Then the fields shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold. And there shall be no herd in the stalls. He says in verse 18, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Did you hear what he said? He said, even though everything's falling apart, everything's going bad. That's not what I'm going to focus on. I'm going to rejoice in God. Sometimes you just, just need to stand up and say, praise God. People going to look at you and say, well, I know what he's going through. What's the matter with him? Get excited. Put a smile on your face. And they say, why are you smiling? Because I am a child of God. Amen. I know he who holds me in the palm of his hand. Right. And he's got me no matter what, no matter how bad it seems. He's got me. Quit striving for everything around here and just say, Lord, I know who wins. I read the end of the book first. I'm going to get to be in heaven with you. Amen. No matter how bad this place around here gets, that's where I'm going. We ought to put a smile on our face. Walk through Walmart with a smile, people think, oh, what's the matter with him? <laughs> I mean, you walk around now, everybody that don't have their mask on looks like they've been sucking on lemons the whole life. Nobody's happy. Nobody's joyous anymore. Well, praise God, I'm still saved. Amen. Amen. I'm still going to heaven. Amen. Even every time I boo boo, God still loves me. Right. It's that understanding that knows how much He cares for me. But we also got to understand that comfort is not just something He just says, "Here, I'm going to throw it out to you." It's something you got to. It only happens when you act. Listen, I, I use this verse so much. And, I, and it just it just speaks to me every time I do, and it's Matthew eleven twenty eight and thirty where he says, "Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." Sometimes that's the only thing we hear. I'm just gonna go. But it, did you hear what he said? Listen when me get the rest of. It. He says, "Take my yoke upon you, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden light." Let me share something about that first verse. That word "come" in, 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 in Greek is "do utu," and it means not just when you want to; it means come now, hurriedly. He's not just saying, "Hey, uh, j- just wait," or "When it's convenient." He says, "Come now." What do we wait on? You ever think that? Oh, I gotta wait till I wallow in this party problem. I gotta wait till things are really bad. I got, I gotta just sit here and lose hairs, and I ain't got much more to lose. <laughs> You know, uh, 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 how many of you get so upset sometimes that you, just, you get stomach problems, you lose hair and everything just falls apart? Did you know stress kills more than anything? And we, we, we get so worried and God says, bring me your problems. Come now, he says. Don't wait till they're so overwhelming you can barely stand up. Start at the beginning." Now, Paul realized that, he said, you know, why am I going through this? He realized that so others could learn. You say, well, Lord, why am, why am I always the one? Why me? Lord, I can't handle this. And people say, I, 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 one thing that gets me more than anything, when people say, well, Lord won't put more on you than you can bear. That's a lie of the devil. God allows it because he wants you to come to him to carry that burden for you. You know, we, we, we need to, to so realize that other people watch you. When you say, I'm a child of God, guess what they watch? We need to, to realize we're showing others what it's truly like to be a child of God. In Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him. And he shall direct thy paths. Let him carry you. Let him handle it. Understand that that's what he's there. You know, comfort only comes really with faith. Paul says later in this letter to the Corinthians, in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, he says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. You know, you think. You know, what's your faith in this morning? What do you put faith in? Is it in God or is it in you? I find myself putting it a lot of times in me and that's where I mess up because I can't do nothing. Yeah, I uh, I won't say I'm an expert. Let's see, I have knowledge of everything but an expert in nothing. And comfort for myself is not one of them. I dig myself deeper into a hole. I, I was I only using the, the driving with a the map. There were times I wouldn't listen to Julie when she was trying to tell me which way to go. I'd get us lost. And I'd end up in some of the scariest places in the world. I think I'd find them all the time. And she said, well, if you just listen to me. <laughs> and sometimes I wonder if the Holy Spirit just looks at me. If you just listen to me, you wouldn't be here. But I realize the only way you can do it is if you know Jesus. You know, If you're a born again child of God, it should be that Jesus is what you have your faith in. The Bible tells us, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There's a lot of people who don't understand that word. For God so loved the world. They think, how could he love me? All the problems I've got. All the things that are going on. You now You're part of that world. That's the thing that Christ left heaven to come down for. You now, Peter said in Peter, chapter 3, verse 9, he said that, that, that God was not willing that any should perish. And that means everybody. He don't want no one to, and yet we choose whether or not we will when God came to me and I chose, I became a son of God. See God loves you, and he wants to accept he wants you to accept him as Lord and Savior. He doesn't force self on us, does he and then are our problems he don't force self on us, he's always there. It's so easy to get saved. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9, he said, For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourself, but it is a gift to God, not of works, lest any man should boast. I'm so glad I didn't have to clean myself up. Get all my problems straightened out. Because I couldn't straighten them out. I couldn't clean myself up. And God said, it's by faith if you do it. You don't have to work. You just have to put your trust in him. It's so easy. And Paul said in Romans 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That's all there is to it. It's the belief and the understanding. It's how we as Christians handle our days from day to day. Is say it a simple prayer and believe in it when you say it. Prayers such as, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know that I need you. I know you died on the cross for me. Come into my heart and save me. Make me a new creature. Thank you. Amen. To something as simple as that. And then the comfort that you're trying to seek, the comfort you're trying to find is there. Sometimes Christians, we forget that ourselves. That same God who loved you and saved you is there for you every day. I want to close with with two sets of scripture this morning. In John chapter 16, verses 20 through 22, Jesus said this. He said, Verily I say unto ye, that ye shall weep and lament, but the world shall rejoice. And you shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow shall be turned to joy. A woman when she is in travail have sorrow. Because her hour has come. But as soon as she's delivered the child. She remembered no more the anguish. For the joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow. But I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice. In your joy, no man shall take from you. We've got a promise that one day we'll be in heaven. Jesus told his disciples he was leaving, but he was coming again. That same God, very, very soon, will step out and call the church home. Then all these problems, all these things that we face and think that are so giant will be so trivial. We won't even remember them anymore. We will be changed in the twinkling of an eye to be with him in heaven forever. What a joy, what a great thing that is. The last verse I want to leave you with is Revelation chapter 22, verse 20 and 21. It says, He which testify these things say, Surely, I come quickly. Even so come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Bow our heads. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, Lord, I know there are many that have burdens, they have problems. Lord, they're facing them on their own. They don't understand why. Paul said he went through a lot. Sometimes it wasn't for nothing other than other people to learn about you. But no matter what, he would rejoice. Why? Because you're his, you were his father. You were his, his savior. Lord, you delivered him out of many problems. And Lord, you do us every day. There's some here today that just need to remember to be obedient to you. To fall upon their knees and, and call out to you and ask for forgiveness. And to come back to you as quick as they can. Because the problem has took them away. Lord, they cast their eyes upon the storm and not upon the Savior. So, Heavenly Father, this morning I pray you draw us closer, those that are struggling, those that are suffering. Lord, if there's somebody that's here or somebody that's watching us that doesn't know you, Father, I pray that today would be the day they'd quit struggling and they'd come to you Lord, for that Christian whose pride is keeping them from following you, Lord, I pray you melt through it. Help them to realize they need to surrender to you, to come now and bring those problems. Have your way in this invitation. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. Jesus.